psychological attacks. I got some attacks. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. I'm sick of your fucking smoke. Lock on. Smoke on. Mwah. Oh, shit. How's everybody doing? It's Token Tuesday. I bet everyone's doing great. Doing great. With episode 48 here in the bowl. With episode 48. Doing great with episode 48. Yeah, absolutely. And it's November 10th, 2020. You know what that means. Tomorrow's 11-11 all day. Oh, man. So get your wishes in, folks. Big day for wishes. And then, you know, make a plan to manifest them into reality. That always helps a lot when you're talking wishes. Manifesting. The part where you... uh Allow yourself to be sold on it. Allow yourself to actually believe it and walk toward it as a possible future reality. It's kind of a big theme right now, I would say. Yeah. Uh, when we last left you, it was like in the middle of election night. And uh, it was kind of like a lackadaisical, laid-back, uh, Trumpies in a comfortable lead type of situation. And uh, since then, the scales tipped. States turned blue on a TV screen. And uh, all the media handed down an official decision uh, that Joe Biden, I guess, is like being called the president-elect by media sources and stuff. I don't know about all that. What do you know about all that? (laughs) I don't know shit. (laughs) Now we're in election week two. Is this going to be like election month? Election week two. Neon Boogaloo. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Voter fraud. You see videos. You see this and that and uh the problem is all of this is unfolding kind of on a local level you know there's a big story of this uh postal worker who blew the whistle on mail-in ballots being backdated washington post came out with a big story today saying that uh that guy took his story back and recanted and all this crap and then the man himself posted a video later saying he didn't recant and that they should recant that story so now there's a recant war. There's a recount war. There's just about every war going on right now. It's just kind of a wait and see situation at this point. And yeah, it's like uh, praying mantis energy, man. Can't forget the praying mantis energy. Be still. Keep the eyes open. Keep the ears open. And wait. And the moment will come. And you will be ready. It will present itself. It's like uh, Mr. Mofax always saying. Pay attention and the truth will reveal itself. Sometimes it feels like there's really nothing you can do about it. Like you cast your vote and then you just got to kind of sit back and wait and watch. But the thing is, there's so much power in mindset and what you set out to do. And like, what are you taking care of? Because the ways that you can affect the big picture stuff are just all kind of magical and spiritual. They're like, what is the future that I want, that I'm committed to? And then I'm willing to fight for inside of my own head. What do I what do I think is important enough to bitch about loudly at the office and like maybe annoy people? I don't know. Uh, I've seen a lot of total um, just dejection from a lot of people that supported Trump. And I voted Trump. I've talked about it on the show. Uh, I've seen myself as an independent. I always have registered independent. 
Um, I've supported a lot of different parties financially with my vote, uh, with time volunteered a lot of different ways. So uh, for me, I came to it as an issues guy and the whole pot thing. Pot should not be illegal. Prohibition of that should end. So that was my entry point, and that's the only real, like, dog I have in the fight, or the agenda, I guess you could say, I have. But I gotta tell you, like, I'm, like, one of the few true believers, I feel like, of the thing's gonna be alright, and that Trump won. That's what it looks like to me. I'm not saying I'm from the future, or predicting the future, but that is what I see, and that's also what I want, so that's what I manifest. And, you know, maybe that's a fight that gets lost, but the way I'm seeing it is like, what the hell do you have to lose fighting it? It's not over yet. There's no reason to give up at this point. Like, that's kind of what the whole point of Saturday and even Friday were. Because it's a complete media cycle move. It's the way the media controls everything. Every The way people talk, the way people think, the way people feel. And the way people imagine the future, which is fucking important right now. What future are you imagining? Are you trying to imagine, like, how funny, sad, and pathetic a Biden-Harris administration is going to be? Because that's fucked. I'm not imagining that. I'm imagining the hilarious mound of ass blast that's going to come down from the sky if this thing gets overturned. And this is an opportunity. If it gets overturned, it's an opportunity to clean up all of this fucking corruption that a lot of us have been seeing and bitching about for years Feeling that way, feeling like you can't really do anything about it. This is like an opportunity the whole country has to do it at once to make sure that the thing is out front in front of everyone and that you can't fuck with the numbers and just cheese someone in and take it over. Um, if, the, if the confidence can be restored in that, then we have a government system again. And if not, then we don't. We were kind of talking about that on Hog Story. Yeah, that's a good point. And thanks to Fletch and Carolyn for having us on, on a Hog Story last week, Thursday night. Yeah, that was a fun one. That's always fun. Those guys are the greatest. But yeah, I mean, this is a fight worth fighting, I feel like. I feel like, you know. Because if your vote doesn't count, then nothing matters anyway. Exactly. And then it's like, it's like I just want to know that if it's fucked right now, we're going to take steps to fix it. Right. I mean, I've, I've sympathized. I've got several friends that don't vote out of principle, and I've always respected that. I've never thought that that was stupid. I think that that's, there's a lot of reasons that guys can have to not vote. I always do vote because that's how, I don't know, that's how I've worked my angles in any kind of political involvement. I also show up vote, but I can see not, and I'm definitely not going to vote in a system that like doesn't give a shit and just can change whatever. Like if it doesn't matter at all, it already matters so but little. You're already one little drip of piss in the ocean. But if they can change that on top, you know, like it's not worth participating in. So that's why we have to clean it up right now. That's why we have to, because this this brings everything. Like all the corruption is tied to this, the whole system that they can steal or not steal. If they stop them at this, it rolls out into the COVID scam. It rolls out into uh, the climate change shit. It rolls out into all of this different over control. The, the whole mechanism. It's all tied together. Yeah. And I just don't think apathy is an option at this point in time. I, I agree think with that's, that. That's another sort of control mechanism that they have over people who aren't supportive of their agenda, aren't brainwashed by the media, per se, the mainstream media. Um, but then what's the point? Like, I love this country. I love my freedoms, our liberties, and I'll fight for them. Here's one thing I will say, because a lot of people are talking, well, it's a little bit of cases, or what do you think the most significant slice is? Or like, you know, there's not there's limited time, and there's 
there's allegations of, okay, dead people voting. People who moved away who voted in their old state via mail and their new state in person. Uh, there's a maiden name accusation where there's, there's claiming that um, people in other states used people's maiden names to register them and then vote in their name. So that if it was checked up, it would look legit and the name would check out. Uh, it's really hard to verify all of those kind of claims because they're just something that is said that may or may not make sense. But then where's the where's the actual evidence connected to it? The one thing that I have seen that is intriguing to me and that I wish I could dig deeper on is this uh, data set from the New York Times website that they're being uh, they're taking a close look at. So it's an API for one of the voting systems. And it's what a lot of the major news outlets used to uh, report in real time the election results. So, like, for instance, this basically was the back end that ran the New York Times' needle all night, their prediction needle. So when votes come in, mm. the this is the raw data that's interpreted by the uh, prediction models and the graphics and shit that you see on their website. So anyway, there's all these fucking JSON files, and the problem with my... <laughs> My web dev course is I don't start data till next week. So I have literally zero seconds of back backend uh, experience. I've never fucked with a JSON file. I'm, I've kind of messed with XML files in having a podcast, but trust me when I say I don't really know how they work. I have, you know, systems that set up and I do that. It does that for me. But on these JSON files, these guys are combing the data and they're looking for moments like we've seen in a couple of news clips where mysteriously the vote Trump uh, the Trump vote total will go down and the Biden vote total will go up by the exact same number in a certain moment uh, on certain updates so this is the raw file that displays um, you know the raw data they're getting those updates from and the guy went through and made a program that found cases where the votes get switched or he said in some cases the votes just got deleted and they were all one way they were all either Trump votes that got deleted or Trump votes that got switched to Biden votes. Wow. Uh, Good work, Anon. That's what uh, <laughs> I would like to have some kind of verification. I'd like to dig into this myself and and see. And so I plan to do that in the next couple of weeks as I learn a little bit more about the stuff. But uh, the claim is that in Pennsylvania, which is, I think, the m most contested state and also the state that they meddled in the hardest with these voting systems, Pennsylvania... 220,883 votes switched. So the switched votes kind of are worth double because they're minus on one guy's side and plus on the other guy's side. And then another nearly 1 million lost votes, claiming 941,248 lost votes. So that adds up to an impact swinging it in Pennsylvania, um, well over 12 million vote or well over 1.2 million votes i should say wow which is way more than the the fake lead that biden has in new jersey uh there's a few and he has got every state listed here so some states have zero um on both sides some don't how's missouri doing let's see i think missouri had zero switched but twenty thousand lost Ooh. um what's the some other swing states um and are these all states that use that uh dominion voting system yeah, and I was trying to see in this thread where they talk about... Uh, so this is Edison data specifically, the Edison data from the New York Times. And where that is generated from, I'm not sure. Like I said, this is all just kind of being discovered today. And so I'm excited to really kind of dig into that sort of evidence. But you also got to remember that whatever you find, you could find anything, but it's up to the courts to like look at the evidence and see and judge what's going on. 
So that part's kind of out of the hands. But making memes, that's free, man. And you can really meme the future that you want. It's important to have a good one. I don't really... Well, come what may, I'm not just going to fucking roll over and be a slave. That's stupid. Um, there's plenty of ways you can like live within and without the system. And you can do it to varying degrees, you know. Nobody's a purist, and we all have to live and drive a car. And so, like, if you think about just the implications of having to drive a car being connected to the system, you're already hooked in a lot of ways. There are ways you can minimize that so that it doesn't poorly impact you and your family, and that's the important people to look out for, you and your family. Yeah. Your family and your friends, your tribe. Don't dream it. Meme it. Yes. <laughs> That's my takeaway there. <laughs> well, you can both. You can meme and dream it. Oh, de- yeah. Absolutely. The election was a pretty big win for weed. We like weed around here. <laughs> Much more than we like elections. <laughs> yeah. You mind if I do it, Jay? True that. So everyone that had weed on the ballot passed. Nice. Weed. However, we are in a strange predicament where South Dakota is now the first state that's ever approved medical and recreational at the same time. At the same time. Wow. I wonder how that's going to iron out. I would think. I have no idea, really. But my guess would just be that recreational overrules the medical. So you shouldn't need, like, maybe your doctor can recommend it to you, but I don't think you'll need a medical card if it's recreational. Typically in most states, the more lenient of two laws will stick. So Mississippi went medical, and then Montana, Arizona, and New Jersey legalized recreational. And um, in New Jersey, they've already heard bills um, Friday, passed them Monday, yesterday, um, and they'll be hearing more Thursday to set up the system and try to get it going. However... Home cultivation is prohibited in New Jersey, which I thought was pretty lame. In Montana, there is also a group of opponents that have filed a lawsuit to repeal (laughs) what they have passed. Oh, boy. Saying that it's unconstitutional and unlawfully appropriates funds. They, uh... Submitted this lawsuit a month ago, too, and the Supreme Court just refused to hear it. So <laughs> I don't really think it's going to go anywhere. It's got no legs. But I do think it's interesting. Yeah, there's always the uh, immediate counteract whenever <laughs> something gets passed. Um, And then, of course, in further like drug war news, uh, D.C. decriminalized psychedelics, which, you know how I feel about decriminalized. <laughs> like, uh, it's... it's uh, step i guess i don't know it's just reprioritizing for the cops like yeah instead of instead of bonked on the head you get a ticket yeah isn't that great no i mean it's not i don't want to pay money to the system yeah for having a plant on me i don't uh so i don't think it's great um is it better than being locked up yeah it's a foot in the door when you when it comes to psychedelics for sure because that's a big next step you know yeah and there's a lot more unknown and fear associated with that i would say than just pot oh for sure especially like right now in modern the modern times man god dc's weed laws are so weird remember how it's like you can have weed but you like can't buy or sell it or you know you can buy it from someone you know but we can't sell it in the stores that was yeah. That that might have been more at the beginning too when it was rolling out. I'm thinking about when we were in DC mm-hmm. specifically. <laughs> However, I think you could only give it away or something. At yeah. the time. You couldn't <laughs> buy it or sell it. Uh, 
And then, of course, Oregon became the first state to decriminalize all the drugs. Good work, Oregon. <laughs> It'll be interesting. We can to at watch least count on you for doing drugs. Hunter Biden's on his way now <laughs> to <laughs> Oregon. <moving>. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to a place where him and his crack pipe won't be discriminated take against. A little, take a little crack nap. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever seen a guy take a crack nap, man. That's impressive. <laughs> Yeah, usually I see people take a crack snap and start yelling at random people or themselves, waving their arms around. Rubbing poop on people's trash cans. <laughs> this is going to keep going. But yeah, so I mean, there's that's the good side of uh, the election so far, I suppose. Well, some uh, some issues are a little easier to resolve a little quicker. Others are complicated. <laughs> take some time, you know. Take some time. It was a clear win for weed. <laughs> <laughs> I've always heard how important judges are. Oh, you know how 33 pops up in a lot of places, right? Oh, yeah, here, here, there, and everywhere. So I did notice that um, in Antrim County, Michigan, where they talked about seeing a quote-unquote glitch that had 6,000 uh, votes switch from Trump to Biden, well, their total voting population in that county is 18,000. So 6,000 votes is 33% of the votes. Ooh. That wasn't a headliner, but I thought it was quite interesting. I also saw this article where 33 was in the headline stating that uh, some f- a financial awakening occurs in most Americans at the age of 33. A financial awakening. Huh? Yeah, when they start getting their money straight. What's the what's the awakening like? You become aware of like its value, or like, you're like understand. No, maybe you like run out of it, and you understand like what it means to be fucked. <laughs> do it, you need money? Well, that's a good point. I guess they don't really define it, but what they do talk about is like you have a stable, higher paying job at that point in time. Oh. You are starting to actually save money instead of spend it all. Right. You budget. So mainly, you know? aware, I guess awareness would be keeping track of it, huh? Yes. 33? God, that's way too long. <laughs> yeah. 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 My uh, my grandparents told me when I was like five or six, save 20% of everything you make. Did I listen? No, of course not. I'd be a fucking millionaire if I listened. Just kidding. Probably not, but I would at least like... A million. I'd be sitting pretty. <laughs> that 20% of every birthday gift money I ever got, hell yeah, man. Squirreling it away just one piece at a time. Yeah, well... Letting it build an investment. <laughs> Portfolios, man. Yeah. Letting it ride the market. Buy some Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to need a Bitcoin. Just scroll it away everywhere you can. Uh, and then I also saw this article in our, uh, you know, the very popular to talk about state Pennsylvania um, that was just kind of random and interesting. A homeless mom is invoking a 33-year-old law in a fight to keep her kids in the same school. I guess being homeless kind of affects uh, what schools you can go to. Hmm. And it kind of seemed like the schools wouldn't let one of her kids in. Like, they're just like, oh, you don't have a registered address, so you can't come here. um, She just lost her house during the pandemic. Jesus. Yeah. Um, Poor timing. 
So she started uh, hearing about this McKinney-Vento Act from Friends that um, basically just says that you can't, you know, tell a kid that they can't come to school because they're homeless. Hmm. Which, well, that makes sense to me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but Seems she, like but, a crappy reason to turn someone away, for sure. From public education? Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. Um, but she's fight. she has to fight this. It's crazy. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was wild. Um, so, yeah, there's... My top three 33s. Good work, dude. I love the 33s. 33 is the magic number. It's nice to uh, be in the 33s of the routine. Yeah. You know what I don't like, though? Waking up at 3.33 in the morning, like night after night. Yeah. What have you been doing lately, waking up? I don't know. It's very frustrating. And I was, like, chalking it up to being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Um, but then on the NA Social, I saw Gwiffy talking about, like, psychic attacks and not sleeping well and i was like oh shit yeah maybe there's something bigger going on it's a hot time Some right now dark forces here's what work. i do here's what i can say hop on the fucking train have fun meme the shit out of it be a meme lord and like what's the worst that can happen you know like the whole thing goes down in flames that's what the doomers are saying already happened well what <laughs> Let's let's wait to lament the loss when the loss is official. And it ain't yet. And uh yeah, fucking throw it right back. Psychological attacks, are you kidding me? I'm a fucking soldier. Yeah, exactly. Psychological attacks. I got some attacks. I've just been throwing bullshit on screens all over, man. <laughs> Texting my friends. There's a couple you know, I did the come out on Facebook thing like one week before the election. Used the peace deals as the cover for it, you know. Because I'm like, hey, you know, a guy's doing peace deals and everyone wants to pretend like either it didn't happen or it's not like a significant big deal that like Israel and Arab countries are making peace deals. Um, I saw that uh, a couple of statements saying that all oh, that's going to fall apart, you know, if, if there's a transition. This guy, Biden, has got the balls to do like COVID briefings now. Office of the President-Elect, COVID-19 briefing. Uh, like, wait, he has the fucking authority. Office? Excuse me? Yeah, the Office of the President-Elect. They got a little graphic behind him. Got a little uh, made-up art. That's, uh, I mean... It's so ridiculous how the media is trying to just usher it in and construct their reality. It's like, you remember the Super Bowl, man. We're <laughs> Kansas Cityans. We all remember it well. When the third quarter touchdown celebration for the 49ers, and they're all fucking... The whole team's in the end zone, like posing like the biggest men they think they are in the third quarter well this would be like taking it a step further and like putting on the fucking merch hats and shit because you know he's got the pre-made president uh office the president-elect logo you know <laughs> just like in the super bowl both teams have like the winning hats pre-made so they can just put them on yeah. but it would be like if they put them on like they put the hats on they like swam around in the confetti they did the whole thing before getting beat in the fourth quarter yeah, they got their asses handed to them by the Chiefs. I mean, because the Chiefs were the comeback kings. I actually think it's a very good thing, and this is why. The he did a conference today, Biden, and they asked him like what their plans are, and like are they gonna, you know, Trump is like doing legal stuff, and his plan, he said, was just to focus and put together a team as though Trump had already conceded. Literally, is what he said. They're just pretending. They're, go they're going about their business pretending like he's already conceded, basically, is what he literally said. Hmm. And then... Uh, Pretty delusional. 
Well, then they asked him, you know, what about legal uh, responses? And he was just like, I don't think we're going to need any. Now, <laughs> it's uh, it's just Biden shooting off the mouth. So, like, who knows how in charge he is, actually, of this whole apparatus that he's the face of. But I mean, there's all this talk way early in the year of how many lawyers they hired and shit. You gotta, you gotta think that they're sending lawyers in to counter the thing. But I think it's really great because all of their momentum and their energy is just like in celebrating too early, potentially looking silly, but even more so um, focusing on step 17 or 18 when we're on step one. So if the, the battle is won in the courts, it isn't going to matter what the fuck his transition team looks like. It isn't going to matter how many Logan Act violations he's committing right now, maybe calling other countries, seeing what deals he can get together, seeing if he can get Iran back to the table on the nuclear deal that got destroyed, seeing if he can get the nations back together on the Paris Climate Accord, like day one kind of stuff. Because that's they're all focused on that kind of shit, and they're they're gonna get blindsided by this court stuff because they're not gonna be prepared. They're not they're not putting all their energy and focus into it. That's fine. That's my uh, <laughs> that's my take. Yeah, it really does remind me of the Super Bowl. That's my take. It's gonna be funny as fuck. And if if the thing works out, and this is why that we should really gra- I think gravitate toward it and grasp it and be like, no, this is the this is the future we want. We want the future where the election, the real election results are knowable and provable, and we can show everyone in the country and the world. Like uh, a lot of people are talking about, well, the faithless electors will have to do like what the Constitution designed for them to do. Like, that's all well and good, but you're left at the end with kind of a similar problem as you are with, like, the fraud itself, which is, like, that the vote's really out of your hands and somebody else can just flip the switch for it. Um, So I don't think that faithless electors, even if they overturn the election results, or maybe even especially if they overturn the election results, can restore that faith in the way that going to court and proving the numbers... Because that's, that's what's going to come out. That's what they're finally going to be able to tally up is the sheer numbers and where. They're going to know this many people voted dead in all of these counties. They're going to know this many Trump votes got sorted out of your mail-in ballots and ripped. I've seen videos of people in Oklahoma who found ripped ballots in the trash can. I've seen a video of a poll worker. I don't know where. Um, poll worker might be a bad word sorter i think he was a mail sorter but you know peeking in the envelopes during the sorting process which you're not supposed to do and then pitch in certain votes they're gonna have numbers attached to all of these things they're gonna be mind-blowing and then no one is gonna be a double bonus because no one's gonna trust shit the media says after that you go directly to these sources you know get uh the people that put it out you know we love the no agenda show we've been listening to it for over six years now something like that yeah, probably eight. And uh, that's a way you can get people that you trust to talk about sources and then take that and go look deeper. Oh, they referenced this source. Let me look deeper. You find out the other things. And more so than an article about something, go to the documents, go to the court filings, like go to legislation. I love reading legislation. It can be boring, but um, the, the data is boring. Like parsed information is kind of boring but you got to sift through it to find stuff, you know? Yeah, it's like panning for gold. Meanwhile, you're looking at something entertaining, and that's going to be further from the truth because it's it's entertaining. Like, it has to be fantastical. It has to be bigger than it is or wilder than it is. News and entertainment are two different things, okay, people? 
Really not, though, I suppose. Unless you're in the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> you really can't get away from it, man. It's a water cooler talk on a different scale, you know? Yeah. Uh, Podcasting. The podcasting. last bastion of journalism. The only place you can really be just real, <laughs> just a fucking guy saying what he really feels. No advertiser cutting in. No. Especially when you're value for value like us. Exactly. And I'll take this moment to thank all of our producers over on the OnlyFans where we have a video stream going. Uh, as you may know from our intro, this show is clothing optional. So <laughs> that's right. some added allure there. <laughs> but it's uh, OnlyFans.com slash Lorian. Huge shout out to Quirkass. She has been busy producing for us. We have some great jingles from her. <laughs> Should we call them jingles? Isos? Anyway, always here, always hyping up in the bowl. Rock on, smoke on. Mwah. One of my favorite go-tos always. Yes. And everyone else, uh, I don't go through the list of names just because I don't know if people want to be anonymous or whatever. But Right. If you're on there and I didn't shout you out, just message me and I'll make sure I give you a shout out from now on. Absolutely. Yeah, we don't like to just dox people and shit. But if you want credit, you gotta let us know. Uh, Spencer at bowlafterbowl.com. Lorian at bowlafterbowl.com. Either of those can get your message through to us. Uh, also, every week we kind of do a silly topic called First Time I Ever. And uh, this week's topic... Is sort of exclusionary because Lorian doesn't get to participate and some people don't. But I figured the people that did get to participate might have more compelling story. And I thought, you know, back to when when you have a topic like this, you're thinking, well, what's a cool time? First time I ever that I'd want to tell a story about. And so then that one was like, oh, you've never had glasses. But it's the first time I ever saw clearly through either glasses or contacts. Like if you have poor eyesight... And then, like, the first time you had it corrected and walked out of the place and, like, actually had to look around the town that you live in that you've never actually been able to see. Uh, what's all that like? We have a voicemail on, and uh, you can always give us a call. Call 816-607-3663 and the play of Oh my god, that never gets old. Sir Seat Sitter uh, made that beautiful piece for us. Give us a call and uh, tell us all about it. Hey, and if you don't wear glasses or contacts, if you're not a four eyes, <laughs> you can always call and tell a story like I will about okay. the first time you put glasses on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because that is weird. Yeah, sure. I like that. That's a great idea. It is a fun Someday I'll get my hearing aids, okay? And then I will avenge this first time I ever with like first time I ever put my hearing aids in and hear from all the other people that are hearing impaired like I am speaking of voicemails we do have a few all right jumping right into the first time I ever not even going behind the curtain huh well I think this is not necessarily an FTIE oh well all right but you can't always trust the transcription so anyway oh hardly ever let's try it but let's hear it hi hello hey hi hello hi can you hear me Hi. 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 Hello. Hello. Oh, brother. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. 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 None of this is good. Ali. Hello. 
Hello. It's so good to hear from you. Hello. Man, that person really just wanted to call and say hello. He's so good. And I don't mind. Great caller. Great caller. (laughs) Call and say hi anytime. Absolutely. Always good to hear from the bowlers out there. H-I or H-I-G-H. Hey, it's up to you. If it was up to me, I think I'd go behind the curtain. All right. I'm all for it. Oh, it's just been the week, the week, the week. And Dude. I'm not used to doing the class all day either. So oh. that's been like the sleep schedule is absolutely pressed. Yeah, and the day just disappears because you go in first thing in the morning and then you come out. It's dinner time. <laughs> but 400 credit hours in how many months? Like, hey. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still down in my basement all day, but now it's like doing work and shit. Yeah, you don't get to see the sun at all. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Especially now with the time change. Fucking code caveman. It's been fun, though. I'm learning a lot. You better be. (laughs) I'm trying to comprehend it all. (laughs) This is JavaScript week, so. Oh, boy. I uh, can't speak much on that. But (laughs) I did see that Trump was out golfing this weekend, which I personally, I thought that was a really good sign because I thought it's like, oh, he's calm. He's got nothing to worry about. He's out golfing. I'd love to see his scores. But I took this weekend and I read a book. Ooh. For pleasure reading. Dang. I know. I haven't like treated myself in so long. And I um was actually just one that's been floating around our house, moving from room to room for no reason. And neither of us had read it. So we were like going to get rid of it. Because we're just like, oh, maybe we'll never read it. I'm so glad I picked it up. It was Damned by Chuck Palahniuk. And it actually, there were so many parts with this that fit so well into this current election cycle. Uh, And the summary is a 13-year-old girl who's the daughter of an actress and like a producer, two very wealthy people uh, who are atheists, who are, you know, trust the science, sure, climate change, Uh ah, those kinds of people. She dies, and because she never accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior and never thought that God was real, she goes straight to hell. Well, she did. (laughs) So she also was convinced that when she died, it was from overdosing on marijuana, and everyone in hell is just like, oh, honey, (laughs) like you you can't die smoking weed. I injected 14 marijuanas. But slowly she has to like face all of her demons and, um, you know, like the truth of her death does eventually reveal itself. It was a really good read. And um, piggybacking off of how I've been waking up at like 3.33 in the morning all the time. Yeah. I do like to look at the flip side and think, oh, maybe it's an angel number, you know, the 3.33. But while I was reading this book, a spooky thing happened. <laughs> oh. It was like 1 a.m., You were doing homework in your basement, and I was up in the bedroom by myself, but the three dogs were with me. And I'm reading, and all three of my dogs started, like, barking and growling, which they only bark if someone comes in, a person. Like, if we open the garage door and drive into the garage, Mm -hmm. or if you were to enter the kitchen from the basement, you know, like when you open that final door. They only bark when someone comes in, and they all three started barking, but, like, at different times and they were staring at something so first i was like go get it go get it and then they weren't they were all they all came up and just like hid next to me and they were like shaking and growling so then i was just like 
okay, well, I guess I'll just have to say, get the fuck out of here <laughs> to whatever it is. Oh, shit. And then I smelt like burning. It smelled like something burning. Maybe like, uh, I don't know. I can't really put like a description on it, but I turned the page and on this next page, the character, the protagonist was going on about how there's not many signs we can give to the the living who we loved. But if you ever smell burnt toast, it's one of your loved ones checking in on you. And the timing was just so weird. That's weird. Because you smelled it and then you read it. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's fiction. You know, it's just Polynook. Right. And uh, but I was just that was weird to me that I would read. I was like, it did kind of smell like toast, but I can't say it was toast for sure. It was just like a weird burning smell. Hmm. Creepy. And I also I definitely think being pregnant, you're more prone to like spiritual or whatever attacks. I don't know how to describe it. I'll never forget. Um, I used to watch a lot of Japanese horror when I was a kid. And um, the eye, that was one where I just remember there's like a scene where this pregnant woman she's like she's in the hospital and there's all these like spirits like real creepy spirits kind of vying to get into that fetus to be born again that scarred me all all my psychological trauma comes from japanese horror movies but yeah so i waited till we came behind the curtain for that story this whole thing is very very spooky i'd only tell my friends so that i don't sound like a crazy person (laughs) (laughs) Oh, just kidding. It's just weird. And we're coming down from the Halloween episode. Yeah, so. absolutely. We got some uh, voicemail. Long form. Oh, all right. Let's listen. Let's take a listen. Hello, hello, hello. In the bowl. In, In the, the bowl. bowl. Good evening, Sir Spencer and Dame Lorian. Good evening. It is I, <laughs> the ever verbose Quirkess. Or you may call me Marcella. So, here's my story, uh, well, at least my account of what I do recall from, it's nice to be able to contribute, by the way, yes. to the first time I ever. Yes. Let me just preface with that. Hell yeah. Because all of your other first time I ever's did not apply to me. I have not lived like you have all lived. Uh-oh. And apparently most of your listeners, I think. Well, we got some weirdos out so, there. So... This one is wasn't even up to me. So the first time I remember um, getting glasses was at the tender young age of three, three years old. Oh, and I wow. needed them before that getting specs. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, so they weren't even specs then because there's nothing tiny about them. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, back then, that was pretty long ago. Uh, I'm older than both of you, and back then when you got glasses, <laughs> they were called Coke bottle glasses oh, because sure. I don't know if you know this or remember, but Coke bottles were tall and heavy glass, and the bottom of those bottles were so fucking thick. <laughs> well, they were hard to break. It was hard to break those. Yeah. So the lenses were like Coke bottle bottoms. <laughs> <laughs> Coke bottle glasses. It was terrible. And they're huge. They were huge, so they weighed a lot. And so what I do remember at that age was, yes, I could suddenly start seeing everything better. I could make out the definition of the toys I was playing with, the colors and the details, and everything looked clearer, of course. And so because I was such 
you know, a youngster, just a toddler, a tyke, whatever you wish to call me then. A sprout. Young sprout. Required a strap. So they give you a strap, a thick one, attached to the glasses to keep them on your fucking head. (laughs) So as a kiddo, you don't knock them off and... Yeah, and you and I would have. I would have. I'm very uncoordinated and imbalanced, so I'm always I'm accident prone. So I would have destroyed them. But so they were said they were so cumbersome. And as mm-hmm. years went by, you know, they got somewhat better. Um, but the first time I ever, and I was so grateful for this, by the way, first time I ever got contacts at age 13. Yeah. Wow, what an amazing difference. I can't afford contact. Oh, oh, that was at three minutes. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Wait. Is there more? Continued in part two. Okay, cool. Part two. Hit it, yes. Part two Hit or it. continuation of part one. Hell yeah. So part two of my story. Contacts. <clears throat> Contacts at age 13. Yeah. Were, were hard back then. They were called hard lenses. Mm, I don't know what, um, what iteration or I'm not thinking of the proper word here or what type of plastic they were you know they weren't so hard that they were immovable but you could feel them in your eyes for sure Mm. so contact lenses obviously today are so much more malleable and fluid and light and um, adaptable and so it was worth it I mean it was it was hard I remember that I remember being in the doctor's office and I was crying because it was it was painful. Yeah. If you're not used to putting that, and this is why so many pe- people I've known refuse to even try them. They, the the mere thought of putting their finger in there, I'm like, you're not stabbing your fucking eye. Right. But that's the idea that they have, um, yeah. because they don't know. But to me, it was it was absolutely necessary. I had to. It's so hard living with glasses. It really is. <laughs> I can't afford lenses, contact lenses right now because I have different prescriptions in each eye. Um, So I have to pay double. And I have an astigmatism in my right eye. So they're special lenses. Mm. But I I would absolutely be wearing contact lenses. It would be totally worth it. And I had to – I just remember that the feeling was so incredibly – different and amazing one thing that people don't realize with contact lenses you gain your peripheral vision and having peripheral vision isn't just better for your brain but um also you know obviously your stimuli input and you can sense things easier um you feel more confident i did Mm -hmm. and i just it was incredible and it was expensive back then too but Yes, absolutely amazing, um, and just very grateful that I that I had access to both glasses and contacts um, for everything we bitch about <clears throat> in the society. We were incredibly entitled, absolutely. or at least I was, that I could have glasses. A lot of people in the world can't even get that. Blessed. So, yes, um, do tell me about any of your experiences i've not i've not seen either of you oh no wait i think i saw spencer wear specs one time on stream mm-hmm. yeah i do love specs i do love glasses on, on people on certain people it's it's a sexy sophisticated look <laughs> uh, especially if they keep them clean and you know they yeah. wear the right frames but anyway so yes blah 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 <laughs> blah 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 <laughs> hey you know that was, that was no blah 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 
That was perfectly timed on that on that one two punch. It was a six minute exactly. Um, yeah, that's fantastic that we actually have access and it's like so easy to um, find somewhere to go in and get some get your eyes checked out. It's weird because everybody kind of discovers differently. Like you gotta. F- you have to figure out that you can't see for shit. And it's not always apparent, especially if it's not terrible. Like, my vision isn't awful. It's, um, it got worse between when I, like, first got glasses and, you know, it steadily got a little bit worse at a time until it kind of stopped when I was 20 or something. And, uh, I've had the same prescription since then. I haven't changed at all. But everybody discovers it in different ways. And a lot of it's at school because of the blackboard. You're in the classroom. You're like, I just can't see the blackboard. I just can't see what's on there. And then they're like, well, maybe you need an eye exam. The, the way that I found it was at Crown Center in the mall walking around, uh, sometime like, um, Christmas kind of holiday shopping season kickoff time. And I was noticing as I walked around, looking up at the signs, if I closed my right eye and looked at the sign, it would get a lot blurrier than just looking at it with both eyes. And then if I would close it and look with just my right eye, I could see it about normal. It didn't get any blurrier. So I'm like, hmm, regular. Then I close my right eye. Oh, it's much blurrier. And I was doing that like all night. I was about eight. Just I was just like, wow, I can make the words go blurry if I just close my right eye. Oh, no. And then I eventually told my parents, and they were like, ah, yo, you probably need glasses or something. And I was like, oh, shit, I shouldn't have said anything. <laughs> I didn't want them. Um, but I went in. I did the eye exam and gave me the frames and stuff. And when I the first frames I ever got were these big fucking circle oval frames. They were like... Uh, like Stuart Little's little brother. It's like the worst type of big glasses with the real thin frames, and they were like denim-y patterned blue around the outside. Just look like one of those kids you want to kick in the head. Oh, no. When he's like, or like knock his books out of his hand, like those type of glasses. Um, but I will say that uh, when I walked out of that doctor's office and looked around, the I could see the water tower said, carney on it and i never fucking even <laughs> like i had driven by that water tower hundreds of times you know like twice every time we went some anywhere and i never knew it said carney on it uh, until i had the uh the glasses so that was that was incredible and then contacts i can't remember how long it took me to get contacts i think it was probably in junior high age but i was homeschooled and yeah first time i read contacts they were soft by the time i got into them um Although I've heard my mom actually had uh, the hard kinds and she said that her friends would have them too. And that, like if somebody dropped a contact, it'd be like everybody stop and look for my contact, like seven, eight people crawling around looking for a contact because they weren't like disposable, just throw away. It's just like, oh, well, that one got lost. So we can get a new pair out. It was like, these are your two contacts. You got to like wash them. And ooh, that must have been excruciating. That horrifies me. They use uh <laughs> Glass contacts, uh, Jim Carrey wore glass contacts in The Grinch when he's got them yellow eyes. Like these huge fucking contacts that cover like past your eyelid. Yeah. Like those black contacts that you see in music videos sometimes? Yeah, those, those are, are yeah, yeah, those are hard contacts too. Yep. Ooh, that's scary. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> They're creepy, aren't they? Yeah. I've worn a, I wore costume contacts. Yeah, when we, costume contacts. When we worked at the costume shop. That was such a great got job. got discounts on stuff. We did a Red Riding Hood and the Big Bad Wolf, <laughs> coincidentally. Uh, yeah. 
We Big both had wolf. That but was a that, good one. That was a great costume. Yeah, we have pictures of that. But they're around somewhere. Do you remember helping me put those contacts in? It yeah. was a fucking operation because like, I have not had anything in my eyes before. Scrunching up your face, crying. <laughs> like, You're like, my you just put it in and blink. And yeah, I think you ended up having to put them in for me. And you were like holding my <laughs> eyelid yeah. up. And well, it's like, you know, your eyelid, <sighs> people who have con- people who wear contacts often know. You can even just pull down on your cheek and... That'll hold your eye open enough to pop the contact in, but you just put it in from the bottom. You just lightly touch your eye, and like the lens kind of hugs your eye because it's literally curved perfectly to the curvature of your eye. They measure your eye and they get the curvature right on your contacts if you have prescription contacts. Costume contacts, you don't really have that luxury. They're kind of more of a one size fits all thing, but either way, you know, that cup, you get them nice and wet, and then it just goes right to your eye. And then it's just there. Yeah, yeah, I remember once they were in, I was like, oh, wow, I can't even tell that they're in. And that shocked me. The costume ones are wild because they have shit printed on them. And so if it's not matching up with your iris, like if the contact shifts slightly, if you're a regular contact where your contact shifts slightly, it doesn't really do anything. Um, you can just roll your eye around and it'll reset or whatever. But it doesn't affect your vision. You're still looking through the lens. But in the costume contact... That shit that's printed over you, like, crosses over your pupil, and then it's like your peripheral vision gets cut off because the pupil's covered. And you're like, whoa, whoa, what the hell? And you look like a lizard. And you got to blink it back on there. With, like, one yeah, eye like, coming out of the other. Look at the, <laughs> get the lazy eye look going on. <laughs> it's goofy. That's my only experience with contacts. But I did, when I was really little, I put on my great-grandpa's glasses and in hindsight, I can say it was pretty much the same as like getting drunk for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> like everything was warbly. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like things were breathing, you know. And I remember I was like, holy shit, I have to try going up and down the stairs like this. <laughs> like I just wanted to challenge myself. <laughs> it was not a good idea. <laughs> but I, the, the, the glasses were not harmed. I do think I fell down the stairs though trying to do it. I don't know why I was like, oh, this is a great challenge. I should just... <laughs> Let's try to use stairs, which is already complicated with little legs. Add the element of glasses with a very high prescription. I don't know how blind that man was, but he was about 70-something years old. So, yeah. you know, not the greatest eyes we're working with. Sure. But, yeah, that's that's my uh, that's my glasses experience. I've put yours on a few times. It's not so bad. It's funny because <laughs> I've put on glasses of like people who have like a way stronger like my mom had a way stronger prescription than i ever had so when i was little when i'd like put on her glasses it was kind of like your experience where you're like whoa this is all blurred it's like you're looking through a crystal ball and And it hurts your eyes like when you take them off it's kind of goofy feeling for sure it's it's like a lot it's too much um the same you can get the same effect if you forget you have your contacts in and then put glasses oh, on. Oh, shoot. Which I actually did just uh, just this week. Oh, that's it's fun. fantastic. See, my eyesight is bad enough that I can't really read signage, but I can see pretty decent. So, like, I'll still drive sometimes just with nothing on if I'm, like, particularly rushed and lazy and, like, I'm in the car and I'm like, oh, the fuck, I forgot my glasses. I'll be like, I don't give a shit. But... Like right now, I'm not wearing any glasses or contacts. And I can lean in and see the screen. And that's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I want to be a pilot someday. I can't see fucking anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Hey, 
you remember when you got contacts this last time? You went to the... Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. You went to the optometrist not that long ago. It wasn't too long ago, no. Did mean, they change your prescription or was it all the same? Same prescription. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. you said that. That's I'm right. 225 in my right eye and 275 in my left eye. And you got brand new contacts and I was like, wow, I can't believe the contacts are that expensive. <laughs> When we forgot the receipt, it was like you got new glasses too. Right, and the glasses well, were actually a fucking a I really got good frames because so I've had problem glasses for <laughs> the fucking longest. It's it kind could, of like the explain what problem glasses are. Problem glasses are like those thick black glasses that uh, have been given a bad rap <laughs> throughout the Obama years as like the problem glasses of the people like giving you some kind of climate change or like uh, racism, sexism. SJW uh, glasses. Some kind of problem. They're giving you some sort of problem. Mostly worn by women. A lot of times they're wearing problem glasses. <laughs> so I have a pair myself. I wore problem glasses <laughs> for a long time. And uh, my particular pair, see, I always get, I always say which ones are the cheapest in the fucking place, the whole place. And there's usually like eight that are all the bottom dollar which is like 70 bucks at my place. Um, and so I just always buy one of those type of pair. And uh, I just go to a hometown optometrist. I don't do like, I probably could get cheaper frames at like some place in the mall or some, or Walmart or some shit like that. But I've been going to the same guy since I was a kid. So I tried a different guy one time. That was a big fucking fat mistake. I tried a guy down here in the city and he tried to jack my prescription up and give me something weaker just because he said I was young or something. I was like, dude. Just give me the one that I can see out of. Yeah. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I got uh, this time around to look for some frames, and they had these 80s dad frames. Fucking, well, I would say early 90s, late 80s kind of thing. You got, like, the gold with the teardrop and the uh, bridge coming across and all that jazz. And uh, they are probably the favorite, my favorite glasses I've ever had. They were the first ones you tried on, too. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I like those ones. And then you tried on a bunch more, and you were like, mm. and I was like, those first ones. Contacts, what Quirk S was saying about gaining your peripheral vision versus, like, the glasses. Those problem glasses are thick frames, and so they are, and you just can't, like, it's like a box around your vision. You can't really see it. And then past the frames, you know, you have a little bit of peripheral vision, but that's not corrected. It's not vision corrected. That's why the people that wear them have problems. (laughs) <laughs> it could be it could be it could be on a something. I hadn't thought of that. As a non glasses wearer, mm-hmm. I didn't even think about how you had just your peripheral vision is just screwed. It even changes <laughs> so like from the problem glasses I went I had going moving to the dad frames, uh those have a bigger lens so that there's a wider field of vision and they have a thinner frame so less gets blocked on the peripheral. But they also like kind of distorted at the edges and that messed with my vision for a while i had to get Mm. used to that because like it felt like every time i turned my head like at the edges the room was kind of moving at a weird way you know warbly yeah it was warbly at the edges now now i don't even notice it but it was really weird at first I don't know what that is. It's like a phenomenon. But Glasses what happened to those contacts that you bought? Oh, you still want to go to the store? <laughs> I think it's oh, funny. No. Oh, it is okay. funny. It is funny. But you're the one that has to tell it because I'm just too irritated. That's the problem. So Spence got new contacts too with that um, trip to the optometrist. Here we go. <laughs> and we were driving not very far uh, to go visit with his dad. And when we pulled in the driveway... The kids were awful quiet the whole drive there. 
When we pulled in the driveway, I opened the door to let our three-year-old out and saw that she had been opening all of the contacts out of the like aluminum cases that they come in originally, you know? I think it's very bad for our country. It's very bad for our country. All that trash that they come in. Mm. But she was just taking the liberty of opening like all the left contacts and emptying them out. <laughs> and so we were looking around for so long trying to find those contacts and we found like one that was all shriveled up and dried out already, you know? Oh, so you're changing. <laughs> yeah. So I you, just was you, like, you, we had just remarked like, oh Jesus, that was an expensive trip to the optometrist, and then four fucking contacts all of the same side, mm-hmm. opened in the back seat. Little goddamn kids. Yeah, that's no fun at all, man. No, that was pretty lame. But that also, no fun at all. In high, looking back, it's funny. Did you ever get them replaced? Not yet. No. You just I'm have just like one till I run out of them. Oh, but you had more than those. Yeah. Oh, good. Four out of my. She. As soon as she saw your face, because I was like hesitant to tell you what I was seeing when I opened that door, you know, I was like, oh, <laughs> you're dead meat, right? Like it was nice knowing you for three years. <laughs> I was mad as hell. Oh, I just like your dad came out because we were taking a while over the whole thing. And I was just like, bring Rayla inside now. <laughs> Because she couldn't even, like, say sorry. She just saw your face and how angry you were. She thought you were going to kick her butt. (laughs) Uh, Jiminy Christmas. I mean, you looked for a while. I don't think many of them turned up. No. (laughs) That one. Mm. Hey, we got another voicemail. Look at this. All right. It's a hot night for voicemail. I love it. All these uh, marijuana laws are just a joke and... uh, (laughs) They shouldn't legal, legalize any of it. Oh, okay. No, really. Not, not, not. <laughs> I think it kind of sounds like Alex Jones. I didn't realize he could do that. Yeah, that's so, pretty good. I don't know. You tell me. But, uh, yeah, I think Oregon, what, what the fuck's going to happen there? I mean, what are they headed to? Because remember, like, back in the day, everybody used to think that uh, Amsterdam was like everything was legal there yeah but uh i think if you listen to like no agenda early on adam kind of quelled that yeah or it wasn't illegal it was just allowed i think at one point they did start like had clinics for people to go get heroin injections or something like that i thought mm-hmm. i read maybe i'm wrong maybe 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 they did it all over the damn place but switzerland had a lot of i those. thought i had read where they had clinics where people were going to get it which, mm-hmm. much like like a methadone clinic here which <clears throat> most heroin addicts that I've ever known, I don't think I have a vast array of people that I knew that got hooked on it, but I know at least three people. Yeah. And uh, like they would all go to the methadone place, but they never said it was like a complete replacement for the heroin that they were so addicted to. Yeah, they don't give you the good shit. But what's going to happen in Oregon? Are they going to have clinics like that? Is that what it's going to be? And then you got like government controlled, like, Come get your shot. Like the government's now the glass dick <laughs> of the heroin scene in Oregon. Yeah, essentially, yeah. But crazy times. Yeah. Crazy, crazy times. I was calling you guys. I was going to tell you about one time when uh, a friend of mine was smoking a bowl when I was young <laughs> in a friend's house. And I was actually down in the basement playing video games with his, with another brother in the family. And our one friend was outside mowing the lawn, and our buddy was in the house smoking. And then there was a third brother that didn't tell him that his dad came home. And my buddy's dad walks right in while my buddy's smoking a bowl. 
and uh, his dad looks at him and says, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and he turns to him and says, smoking a bowl, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, after he, he told that story back to us, that's been a running joke for years, he's smoking a bowl, sir. That's fantastic. So, in the bowl, or bowl after bowl, see ya. See ya, thanks, Ned. In the bowl. Good ringing. I love it. Thanks for the ring. Smoking a bowl. Sorry. Smoking a bowl, <laughs> sir. Oh, man, that's fucking hilarious. That reminds me of I Don't Know, Sir. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a, a hilarious story. That's our family's inside joke now. So my dad is a fucking lunatic. He's just like a goofy <laughs> bastard. It's the one thing that he just relishes in, takes absolute joy in. It's just being a fucking goof. So he came out. We were all over there in the living room, and he comes around the corner, like, jumps around the corner, sticks his head over, and uh, he's got pantyhose pull over his head like a fucking bank robber, right? So it's all creepy as shit. <laughs> and he's just like, where's Pop? Because, you know, we call him Pop. And, um, <laughs> like, Rayla, our oldest, she's, like, kind of freaked out, and her eyes get real big, but she just, like, plays it cool anyway. She's just like, I don't know, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! I was like Fucking honest and straightforward. Hell yeah! Mm. That's the way to do it, girl. But it was so funny. I wish that he had been recording when he did that. My dad has so many weird uh, stoner type. Uh, I think they used to call it like riding motorcycles at one point, smoking a bowl. It's kind of like this weekend. It was like uh, he said they were down at the lake, <laughs> and somebody was like, "You guys ride motorcycles?" <laughs> and his friend, like before he could answer, his friend was just like, "Yeah, we just smoked two balls down by the fish house." <laughs> <laughs> like what the fuck is that dude <laughs> oh my god well that's like um the kids were watching some crappy tv show and they were talking about tree frogs and we were working on a puzzle with your dad and well you weren't but you were doing work but whatever <laughs> your dad just goes ah, tree frogs that means something else to me and i was like expecting something dirty and he's just like we used to call the old timers at the lake tree frogs no they're farts when they would fart. <laughs> Tree frog was a fart. That was the whole point of his joke. See, I need hearing aids. Oh my God. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you also tell me after I'm like, oh my gosh, Alex Trebek died. You're like, yeah, Pop said that. Yeah. Damn it. Pop said said that. Tree frogs are what they call the old timers, timers farts. <laughs> well, when an old guy rips a fart, then he like looks behind him and goes tree frog, you know, like that was the whole. <laughs> it's an elaborate fart joke. Not that elaborate. Like ants riding motorcycles or playing trumpets or something. Maybe like uh, this elaborate voicemail. Ooh, another voicemail. Let's hear it. Everybody in my immediate family has glasses. I don't. And I'm very lucky. Hey. And knock on wood saying that. Uh, nice. And I think I agree with Corkass. I think the glasses are very attractive on people. My best friend in high school, one of my best friends, he needed glasses his whole life. And he didn't get glasses until he was like 18, 17, right as we were graduating high school, going into college. And uh, he, <laughs> the way that I knew is we would be in class, and he couldn't read what was on the board. And uh, other than that, you, you never knew. And he's a stubborn, really stubborn guy. Mm -hmm. And so he just, his pride, he just wouldn't admit that he, like, needed glasses. Yeah. And then the day he got them, he just... He was a changed man. <laughs> he was so thrilled. He yeah. couldn't believe it. And I've seen that happen with a couple different people in my life. People who get glasses to like. And I've never taken my sight uh, for granted. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. 
glasses. What a great invention. What a great time. Never, never <laughs> figured that one out. No, Thank you, didn't. Mr. Benjamin Glasses, for inventing, <laughs> for your invention. Thank you, sir. All right. Later. 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 Thanks for the ring, Lavish. Hell yeah. And grateful to have someone else in the 2020 Vision Club. Hey. In 2020. That's cool. Yeah, you could tell kids that don't that need glasses but don't get them because they they're always like leaning forward in the desk and squinting their fucking face off. Because if you squint just right, you can actually see just fine. But it's very directed, and uh, you got to do it really. The tiny circle trick. Not a lot of people know this, but really, it's a trick of aperture. If you fold your pointer finger up about as tight as it will go, so that like it looks like no light can get through. But then you look real close. There is a tiny circle there. And then you hold that up to your eye, like directly. And if you're not wearing any glasses, you'll notice you can still see far away where you wouldn't be able to before. And that's just a trick of aperture. It's kind of like in photography when you're taking a picture and you lower that aperture to a tiny little pinhole, then your foreground and your background and everything in between is going to be in focus. Nothing's going to be out of focus. It's the same sort of trick. Mm. Sometimes I would... uh, Use the tiny circle trick when I forgot my glasses. So I have like a perfect track record of remembering shit. Or, uh, if you can imagine that. Finding good places to keep it safe either. Yeah. Just kind of know. miss. Most of the time you don't have your glasses, it's because you legitimately don't know where they are. Yeah. That's the thing about <laughs> if you're wearing contacts, for me, I sleep in them and I get those like ones where you can wear them for, they're approved for overnight wear or whatever the hell. I've, I've overnight worn all my contacts since the beginning. They, since they were telling you never do it. Uh, it never had a problem, but fuck. So you, <laughs> I'm sorry. So you <laughs> fall asleep with the contacts the first time, wake up with them on. You kind of get in that groove. You can ride that out for like a week maybe, but then you pull them out. You got to wear glasses. And so you're putting those on, taking them off, putting them on, taking them off. The first day you go without putting your glasses on, it just resets your basic idea of what vision is supposed to be, you know? So you can go mm. the second day even easier without glasses because you're just like, uh, especially in these pandemic times when you're just fucking stuck at home anyway, you know? Like, I don't need to see. I know what's around here. Nothing I need to read, you know? Just walking around. <laughs> I agree, though, the, the glasses, especially the right kind, just look the right way on people. And I don't know if it's a Gemini thing, but I like to be able to wear glasses or wear contacts just like have the option to look different ways because there's times where especially with the fucking long hair and weird mustache the glasses can kind of legitimize it you can go from like you can have the same outfit on and unbutton one button and take your glasses off and look homeless and then button one button back up put the glasses on and look like some kind of i don't know dad (laughs) just regular dad wild what glasses can do to you and the perception other people's have of other people have of you too it's kind of weird it's fun to play with Glasses people know. I remember once, I think, I don't know how I got them, but I did have, (laughs) this is so stupid. I had a pair of fake glasses when I was like 12 or something. (laughs) I definitely didn't buy them. I think a friend gave them to me. It was probably for like a school costume or something. But I remember like putting them on and being like, yeah, I could just wear these glasses. And I'd probably just, I don't know. I always thought I looked silly with glasses. So I was like, no. No, but I'll keep them in my back pocket just in case. Nice. <laughs> and I was also like the second smartest kid in my school, so I w- didn't need to be like, oh, I look smarter. No. <laughs> yeah. If anything, I wanted to look a little bit dumber <laughs> so that I was a <laughs> bit more approachable. <laughs> uh. Oh, boy. 
We got our garlic all planted. Yes, we did. That was so much fun. Because the uh, weather's been so nice, and so we got it in the ground. Planting garlic in the hood while alarms are going off. Oh, my God. That house. It was like a house alarm that kept going off. It would go off for like 45 seconds and then stop for like 15 and then go off for 45. It was like fucking annoying as shit, dude. You're planting all that garlic. But we got it all in. Got it in. Got it in. Can we ready for the spring? That was, as far as like ease of planting and like work put into it throughout the whole life cycle of it, man, that was like the easiest thing I've ever grown. Yeah, agreed. And it was very rewarding. The harvest was like bountiful, man. And it's great because you order, we ordered one pound each of two different varieties and we still have a shitload of garlic upstairs. And then, you know, you just plant the biggest ones. So not only do you have perpetual garlic forever, but you're also over time selectively breeding the biggest ones that do best in your area. So you're just kind of optimizing your shit. It's awesome. I recommend growing garlic if you grow nothing else. If you eat garlic, we eat a shitload of it and we put in everything. It goes on everything, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I love garlic. Omelets, pizza. I even like rub it on buns and grill the buns, you know. Just put it on absolutely everything. Tomato sauces. Everything. All right. Well, you want to throw some rolls? Yeah, let's roll some, uh, roll some balls here before we get out. Because I've been trying, I've been wanting to tell you about this story like all day. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. All day, especially today. I don't remember what came up and prompted me to remember it. I was like, oh, I'm gonna save it for the podcast. Don't talk about it. All right. You know how there's Guinness World Records for literally everything? Yeah. Well, they just gave one out to the youngest computer programmer. Oh. How old do you think they might be? The youngest computer programmer. Hmm. I guess three? I don't know, but six. Six. <laughs> well, listen to this crap. It's going to be okay? some kind of not computer programming. I can already tell. Uh, Aram Om Talzania of Ahmedabad. Ahmedabad? Ahmedabad? Hmm. Hmm. Pass the microscope. It's made up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> There's some sharp six-year-olds. I can believe that. Yeah. Pass. He passed the Microsoft certification exam for the Python programming language at the Pearson View oh. Center. He said, my father taught me coding. I started using tablets when I was two years old. At the age of three, I bought gadgets with iOS and Windows. Later, I got to know that my father was working on Python. When I got my certificate from Python, I was creating small games. After some time, they asked me to send some proof of work. A few months later, they approved me, and I got the Guinness World Record certificate. And I was glad that they... Double strike. I was glad to hear that they made him send proof of work, because I think passing the test and doing it are two totally separate things. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Six-year-old coder. Yeah. Joining the ranks. Joining the ranks. But now, what the hell? What's up with our kids, man? I should have got in there a long time ago. Rayla's three. Why isn't she uh, tinkering around gadgets and making small games for us? Anyway, there's also some pretty worthless... You gotta think of the big game. The big game. (laughs) What is this small game shit? This is a world record she could beat. Okay. This kid named 50 cartoon characters in a minute. I'm telling you, Rayla can name all those cartoon characters. She can probably name 10 more. Let's get 60 cartoon characters named in a minute. One per second. Because the kid, um, let's look up his name. He, uh, he had an accent, and I felt like his accent was getting in the way of him being able to say the names, you know? It was taking a little bit longer. Shri Shnirgov of Tamil Nadu. 
What kind of David Lynch shit did you just say? <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I gotta look this up on a map now. Like, is that um, in you? Like, is <laughs> is this in India? Yeah, back one of the twenty-eight style. states of India. Okay, so he named characters. I'm telling you, like, at least ten of them were Paw Patrol characters. So, bam, easy. He named fifty in a minute and got a world record for that. He also. Holds the worthless record of being able to name the most vehicle logos in a moment in a minute. How do you name a vehicle logo? Oh, like they hold the logo up and you say Ford or Chevy. Yeah, or whatever. exactly. Hmm. I would have like clipped it, but it's kind of tedious. So if they're given like up. basically Guinness Book of World Records out for solving a sporkle puzzle in in person. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you should go claim some. I I could I could mop the floor with these dudes. Who's on that sporkle dot com? Come on. <laughs> I haven't been on there in years, but God, I used to eat and sleep and breathe that shit. Man, the cartoon character thing. And just the juxtaposition of these world records next to the youngest computer programmer. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying you have bad parents for pushing you into memorizing all these cartoon character names. But what is that going to do for you later <laughs> down the it, line? I doubt it took any push. Oh, some of them were older cartoons, like the Jetsons were in there. Yeah. Powerpuff Girls. You think he watched Powerpuff Girls? Shit, I don't know. The the only the only name I could understand him saying was Mojo Jojo. <laughs> I was like, all right, all right, he definitely got that one. But everything else, his accent was so dang thick. I was like, he's. I'm not sure. I'm not sure he said that correct. Yoni Bravo. Because like he was saying like full name, like he said Shaggy Rogers for Shaggy. Oh, you know, yeah. and I was like, dang, bro, that's commitment. I think just Shaggy would oh, work. That's normal, Rogers. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, actually, you're um, right. Technically, Norval oh. Shaggy Roberts. Yeah. Well, hey, there's a woman that spent three months drawing the largest hand-drawn maze, covering more than 1,120 square feet. Neato. Yeah, I like mazes. <laughs> a lot, my. She was attempting to raise funds for living arts of Detroit, which is an organization that provides community art programs for kids. Hmm. So, yeah. yeah. She had some purpose behind it. And also, mazes are cool. So, whatever. <laughs> hey, cartoon characters are cool, too. I didn't mean to hate on that kid and his parents. You gotta now, the cartoons, man. You know what? Woody Woodpecker wasn't in there, though. Yeah, what's up with that? That's a disservice. No love for Woody. <laughs> this is a dream come true, this story. <clears throat> An Arkansas man went to the Crater of Diamonds in his home state and unearthed a 4.49 carat gem. Ooh. Or a yellow diamond. Not just a gem. Like, he found a diamond. Tight. Uh, and it's the 4.49 carat. That's the third largest diamond found in the park this year. Wow. So now I'm saying. Let's go dig it. We got to go to the Crater of Diamonds, man. I got to dig it. <laughs> yeah. Life's a garden. Dig it. <laughs> I think that one's a strike. <laughs> oh god <laughs> I love you <sighs> You always forget that you're in the alley Because they don't let you smoke in the alley anymore And yeah. like That's how you always knew you were in the bowling alley It's like everyone's smoking we'll Staying around Got a little ashtray there You're just ashing Rolling There's a few alleys in Missouri Where you can still smoke You gotta go out in the sticks But you can you can find them for sure Yeah They're still out there America Hanging on Hanging on. Um, two kayakers ended up in the mouth of a whale. Okay. 
It's pretty scary. Trying I watched, to be Jonah and shit. I watched the videos and they got video from someone who was on looking and in them because they were videoing at the what time. What kind of whale? I mean, whales don't even fucking. Uh, it was a humpback whale. Huh. At Avila Beach, California, and um, they had been whale watching the day before. They saw these whales coming in, and then they were like, "You wanna." The one lady, the braver of the two, she was like, you want to go kayaking? And the other lady was like, yeah, okay. They're like middle-aged women. She's like, all right, yeah, we can like get up closer to the whales. Like they knew the whales were out there. Yeah. But they got way too close or the whales <laughs> came in more, you know? Yeah. And, oh my God, this whale just comes right up under them. And like the video from the side, like the onlooker, it looked like they, they're just getting swallowed, dude. And this lady, she's like, in her interview, she's like, man, I just thought that whale was going to land on top of me and, like, smash me. But they both were fine. The only weird part, <laughs> the only scathe the of sorts. The only weird part. The only scathe of sorts is that when she came up, um, when she got out of the water, finally, she shook her shirt and a bunch of fish fell out. <laughs> oh, shit. She's like a whale's toothbrush, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Flopping around in there. Oh my god, that's oh, a goofy story, bro. I know, I know that one. I don't like that. I'm not a, I'm not a water person. These are exactly the reasons why. You know, I was probably the little kid that asked if there was gonna be a shark in the swimming pool. Like, that's an amazing story, man. That's, that's cool as fuck. I'm just, I'm glad that they lived. I'm glad I had a happy ending. Yeah, absolutely. Because it would also still been um, an alley rolling story. If they had been eaten by the whale, I still would have told it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, there's this awful Christmas bauble. <laughs> it's an we call it ornaments, but a it's bauble. <laughs> it's being sold in Australia, so everyone that's written about it is calling it a bauble. And I was like, that's cute, bauble. No, it's a freaking Christmas ornament, and um, I don't even want to say it out loud. You see this elf? He's up to no good. It's this Christmas ornament with this elf holding a sign, and the sign says, Santa's not real. And I just want to bitch slap that elf and be like, then why are you here? Yeah, that's not like, even an elf. Yeah, then you're just a midget cosplaying as an elf. But people are pissed because it's in the store. I mean... You know? And kids are like, um, hey, mom, um, hey, dad, what does that mean? <laughs> or they're just like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's a bad elf. I mean, it is a bad elf. That's a, that's my explanation. I don't know. The claim that Santa isn't real just doesn't hold up under scrutiny. It's true. He's like fucking everywhere. I mean, you that's go to true. you go to the mall. He's there. You turn on the TV. He's selling Hondas. You buy a candy bar or a soda. He's probably on it. Coke. He's drinking a Coke. And he comes down your fucking chimney every year. I yeah. Mean, it's like, and he sees you when you're sleeping. Come on, dude. And knows when you're awake. I mean. I don't know how much more evidence you need. That one's fucking easy. Who do you think eats the cookies and drinks the milk? Or puts the presents under the tree. Jesus say, Christ. From Santa. I, some people are just sleepwalking out there. You know, they just don't <laughs> understand. They think fucking Santa's not real. They think fucking <laughs> Joe Biden is vice president or this president-elect. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, is Joe Biden is anything? I thought he was other running than for a Senate. Confused old man. Yeah, I thought he was running for Senate. Isn't that what yeah, he said? He's running all right. And now he's in a he, now he's in an office that doesn't exist. Yeah, office of that one's the a president elect. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Hey, can you, you know what? fax your tips to the office of president elect. That kind of reminds me of another one last. I got two last stories. Is that all right? Can yeah. I fit them in. 
this dad calls his kiddos his little turds. All okay. Right? And that's like already kind of. Mm. Hang on. Yeah, this game's gonna get bad because he wanted to get a tattoo about his kids, like oh, to commemorate no. his children. Tell me this isn't. <laughs> he decided to get <laughs> six different pieces of poop tattooed on his arm. Oh Each one <laughs> with the different name of his kids. Six kids, six pieces of poop six with names. Turns. What the fuck? <laughs> and flies in between. That's like my favorite <laughs> detail is the flies in between. That's not I, okay. I also appreciate that he chose a different type of turd for every kid. Like this Bobby, he's got like the corn turd, oh you know? My God. <laughs> one of them looks kind of like a leaf. I think the tattoo artist was just getting tired. There's like the tiny chunk, that one. Oh my God. <laughs> that kid's name was Chase. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, he's under scrutiny on social media for sure, you know, so. I, I don't need to hate on his choices, <laughs> but as soon as I read that he called his children his little turds, I was like, uh-oh. <laughs> and then my last story is kind of like a cute one. This lady made a TikTok video, and people are pissed off about it, and I don't really know why, but. Ladies are always doing that, making ladies. TikTok videos and shit, yeah. Yeah, Fucking wild. I don't have that Chinese shit on my phone, but. She does. Anyways, she was riding a plane. <laughs> One thing that I find very interesting is no one's wearing a mask. So this must be a very old video that's just like come to light. Interesting. But she's sitting on this plane and this little toddler is sitting behind her, reaching around the seat, just rubbing her arm, just patting her arm and then like holding her arm. <laughs> and so she doesn't, she chooses not to do anything. She just takes a video and laughs with her um, newlywed husband at the time. They were on their honeymoon flight. So they're just, they're just laughing. And people were like, oh, if my kid did that, I would want you to tell me so I could correct their behavior. And I'm just like, dude, it's a toddler. Like, it's sweet. Can't yeah. it just be, like, funny Kids and cute? Kids are just goofing around. If the other person doesn't care, then who cares? Shit. Yeah. Oh. It's funny because a lot of the comments are like, I'm like, man, these people don't like kids. But find out all of these comments are from parents. I'm like, dang. Why do you have kids if you don't like kids so yeah, much? Man. What's wrong with kids, man? I saw the video. I thought, oh, that's cute. Yeah, man. You gotta let kids be sweethearts. Hey, what's our uh, first time I ever for next week? Hmm. How about the first time I ever realized the government lied to us? Oh, that's a good one. And we will leave you with that. There's many issues out there. Many uh, red pills. Many um, curtain shredders. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. What is the first time that you did some research and realized that uh, you had been sold a line of bullshit by the official authorities? Let us know. 816-607-DOOF. You can slide into our voicemails. And we'll see you at the same time, same place here in the bowl next Tuesday. Maybe we'll know more. Maybe we'll know less. But hey, we'll know each other. I've been Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I've been Dame DeLorean. And until next time, and forever after, may your bowls burn ever brighter. Bowl after.
Mr. Bowl till he's sick. Lock on. Smoke on. Mwah. And we fought hard. Nobody believes I was able to do it. We're going to have a big celebration all together. I, I, I got it done. How stupid have we been?